Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Lay Bear podcast, an audio experience designed to decode leadership and inspire action. Being a forward-thinking leader and game changer, you've tuned in to discover pragmatic tips and hints on leadership from the very best leaders. Each episode is dedicated to sharing pragmatic stories from the field and more importantly, real examples of what successful leaders are actually doing to deliver at pace. With so much to share, let's hand over to your host, Graham Wilson. I'm really excited to welcome today's guest as I've been working with him on his leadership journey for a while now. He lives in Salisbury with his wife and three young children and even though work life can be crazy busy, he tries to maintain a sense of balance by putting as much energy into his home life as business. As head of operations for hotels at Fuller's, he looks after 47 hotels, restaurants and pubs with rooms across Fuller's, Bell and the Dragon and Cotswold Inns and Hotels. When he took the role five years ago, he was responsible for 475 rooms, and that has now grown to 1,030 rooms with around 1,500 team members. He leads a team of genuine experts that are passionate about significant roles they all play in the team. He's exceptionally proud of leading a great team that have been responsible for the development and success of one of the best and most diverse accommodation estates in the country. A warm welcome to Mark Fulton. Hello, Mark. Hello, Graham. How are you? Oh, great. It's really great to have you today. I know obviously we've done quite a bit of work together, so I've always admired what you've done with your businesses and your teams. So tell us a little bit about your journey so far, Mark. So I currently work for Fuller's. I look after our pubs and hotels and head of operations for hotels at Fuller's. And I look after a, a team of a team of six. And thinking back about my leadership journey, I reflect on indirect leadership and, and direct leadership. And I think it's important to remember that even if people don't report directly into you, they may be looking to you as a leader without you even realising it. And the impact of your influence through indirect leadership may well be more significant than your impact on those that report into you or even you report into. Mm -hmm. In terms of direct leadership, I think I first learned about that when playing sports at school. And one of my fondest memories is of when I captained a football team that won a trophy, we had absolutely no right to win. We didn't have the best 11 players. We were just a group of genuine friends that trusted each other and knew each other's strengths and weaknesses. And I think it was through sport that I realised not only some of those nuances of leadership, but also the power of trusting those people around you. And since I left university, most of my working career has been at Fuller's and my direct leadership both leading and being led has been a significant part of all the roles that i've done as a member of staff you lead shifts as a deputy manager you lead a full team for days and weeks at a time as a general manager that that leadership of the team takes on a new level as you lead mm. a ridiculously diverse group of people both in terms of their personality and their motivation for working and that motivation piece becomes a real driver for how you learn to lead different people. Mm. I worked in our head office for a while at Fuller's and that became more about leading projects rather than necessarily people, but another strong opportunity to learn mm. about leadership. Mm. While I was a business development manager in our tenanted business, the role was again, less about direct leadership, but about influencing and coaching and helping some of those tenants to improve mm. their business. And then in my most recent role as head of operations for our 47 hotels, restaurants and pubs with rooms, I now have a direct team of six 
all with different personalities, all with individual styles of leadership themselves. Um, and I don't think that leadership would work if I tried to lead them all in the same way. That's mm, yeah, good, good point. There. It's interesting that that indirect and direct leadership. I not really thought about it that way, but I guess probably that's highlighted, I suppose, when you start to run projects where, you know, as a line manager, you, you, know, you in the business, you've got people reporting directly to you. So that's almost like direct leadership. And, you're the boss, aren't they? So people listen. Whereas if you're running a project, cross-functional project or cross-organizational project, then they don't know who you are and they're already busy doing other stuff. So I guess that indirect leadership is around stakeholder management, isn't it? And around, you mentioned there about being able to influence in a different way. So so what, what are the sort of things you have you learned about in terms of leading people perhaps that don't report to you? I think the the key to any form of leadership is is around trust. And when people don't report directly into you, you're involved in a project or integration or people are looking to you for some form of inspiration, even if they don't report directly into you. I think that those people trusting you is hugely important in building those relationships. For me, honesty and integrity are two of the most significant parts of yeah. any relationship yeah. that you can have at, have at work. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I think if you can hold those values strong, then as those relationships grow within direct reports as, as well, I think they will learn to trust you and see you as a leader more than they would do otherwise. Is that something you consciously think about? So you, know, you take up this role and, and you're, in terms of your behaviour, you're consciously thinking about how do I how do I build trust in this environment? I guess that's around your leadership brands, isn't it really, about who you are as a leader and whether people would, would trust you? Is that something you consciously think about and, and have a, a way of doing that? Or is it around just being honest and authentic? And I think it's probably gone in a bit of a roller coaster. I think when I first started working, I don't think I thought about anything at all. I think I just <laughs> went to work, did what, did what I yeah. thought was right, got through each day. And then as you grow as a leader, as you learn to understand more about the roles you're doing, as you realise the impact that you're having on other people, I do reflect on it more and think about it more greatly. But then again, as time has gone on and you are leading teams for a longer period of time, yeah. it becomes just your subconscious way of working. And I've yeah. become much more confident in my own leadership style over the last mm. few years that I believe in the way that I operate. And I don't yeah. feel as though I have to justify that. I don't feel as though I have to overthink it. That is my leadership yeah. style yeah. and that will either progress me in my career or it won't. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to suddenly become someone that I'm not to prove a point. I, I believe yeah. that my leadership style, which I do through sort of empathy, understanding people, understanding what motivates people, I think is more powerful than trying to be someone you're not. Yeah, absolutely. What, what have been your biggest lessons, do you think, along your journey? So it sounds a fascinating journey you've been through. So what, what have been the biggest insights, do you think? If you were to go back and, and do it again, you'd probably do it differently. During my 15 years with Fullers, I've worked with a, a number of different people. And I think some of them I'd call leaders and some of them I'd call managers. And I mm. think whoever it is that I've worked with during that time, I have really consciously tried to think about the impact that those people have had on me and on those around me. And I've tried to think, okay, if I was in their position, if I was a promotion ahead or two promotions ahead and I was in their position, 
would I have done it that way or would I have not? And I really try to remember how those leaders at the time made yeah. me feel when I was a member of bar staff or when I was a general manager. And I think the the three or four things that I would say I've learned the most through it, one I've touched on already is about trust. And mm. I start by trusting my team to fulfill the role that they've been hired to do. And if we don't trust them to do that job, then we shouldn't have hired them in the first place or we should move them on and they should do something else. But if they're in the role, I have to trust them to get on and do it. Otherwise, mm. I will tie myself in knots, either trying to do the job yeah. for them or waiting for them to prove themselves. And if you don't trust them to get on and do the job that they've been hired to do, you become a micromanager and not mm. a leader. Yeah. Secondly, I've learned to understand the strengths of those around me and try not to change everyone to be in the same mould as me. Mm. I have a really diverse group of excellent leaders in my team. And if I didn't understand the strengths of each of them, we wouldn't be the great yeah. team that we are. And right at the start of my time at Fuller's, if I was hosting a meeting or presenting a meeting and some people didn't join in or they didn't voice their opinions, I would think mm. they're not interested or I think they're not engaged. Right. But I've learned over time that everyone is different. Some people are reflectors and they want to sit mm. and absorb yeah. and take it in. Yeah. And then they will question, challenge and implement when appropriate. And those reflectors have no less value in your team than the people who are front of the queue, raising their voices, mm. giving their opinions the whole time. And understanding the strengths of your team and yeah. use that to the best of your advantage, I think is crucial. And I mm. loved your analogy the other day about the goal scorer who was being appraised at the end of the season and was told, yeah. yeah, it's okay that you're good at goal scoring, but you're rubbish in goal. So I'm gonna send you, <laughs> I'm gonna send you on a uh, I'm gonna send you on a goalkeeping course. Yeah. And you laugh and you chuckle, and we all chuckle in that context. But yeah. that happens in day-to-day -day yeah. work all the yeah. time. People think about try to change their weaknesses more mm. than focus on their strengths. And I mm. certainly have continued to fall into that trap and certainly have fallen in that yeah. trap in the past of thinking more about how do I change my weaknesses rather than mm. play to my yeah. strengths. And I want, to, I want my team to play to their strengths. I don't want to mold them all into an yeah. individual style of person. Yeah. They all have individual strengths and they should play to them. Brilliant. One of the other key learnings for me is about being in the moment and being present. And a few years ago, as, a, as an ops team, we were talking about the impact that we as leaders have when we visit one of our pubs or hotels. And mm. for us, those visits may be one of many visits, one of many meetings that we have on that day. But for those individuals in that business, this is your one visit there of the week or one visit there of the month. And we should respect that. And at the time, there was a lady called Cara Aldrin, and she said she no longer walks into a business while she's on the phone finishing a conversation. And I've remembered that to this day, and I no longer walk into the business on the phone. I will finish that conversation in the car or outside so I can concentrate fully on that phone conversation. So when mm -hmm. I walk to that business, I'm not saying, oh, I'll be with you in a minute. I'm just a bit yeah. busy. I'll be mm -hmm. focused 
on that person in that business, whoever it is on reception, in the kitchen, behind the bar, mm. the host, mm. whoever it may be. And I think that's so important to give the people the time that they deserve. Because mm. in, in those instances, it, it's about projection. It's about what we project. Are we projecting that we're so busy and we're so important that we're on the phone and the phone call mm. is more important than anything else happening? Or are we projecting that the team are the most important people in our businesses mm. and they deserve our absolute full attention? And in terms of lessons, I think the final bit of that that I, that I feel is absolutely key is about listening. And when you have the opportunity to, to speak to somebody, remember that you're not the only person bringing agenda points into this conversation or into this meeting. They'll be looking to get something out of this interaction too. And you know, Graham, there's nothing more mm -hmm. frustrating than not being listened to. The eyes mm. glaze over, there's a look at the phone or look at the watch. They switch subjects mm. randomly for no mm. reason. But on the flip side, there's potentially nothing more powerful than genuinely listening to somebody, mm -hmm. and genuinely mm -hmm. hearing what they have to say. Mm. Fantastic. So some really great insights there. And I, what I was thinking there when you were saying at the end there about listening, I was also my mind went on to because we've, we've had conversations around this before about as leaders, we don't really get taught how to collaborate effectively, do we, with people? We, we tend to learn that as we go along through lessons of life. And what came up for me there was around the importance of collaborating and using your team strengths and, and you know, as a leader, not having all the answers, but to work with people to come up with the answers. We hire people to do different jobs in, in any business. And if we're not going to trust the experts to to come up with some of those ideas. If we're going to think that we can come up with all those ideas ourselves, what mm. is the point in having those brilliant people around yeah. us? And one of the best things I did a few years ago was something called Challenge 24 with a guy called Pete McDonald, where yeah. um, people from various different companies go and work for two days on a project. I went to Santander and worked on their appraisal scheme. And I was just thrown in with 20 other people they didn't know. And you are forced to genuinely collaborate on a subject that you know nothing about or very Fantastic. little about a company you know very little about, a subject you know very little yeah. about. And it's amazing that it it can teach you the the power of collaboration within two days in mm. such a succinct way. We all talk about it, but being forced into it in that way is such yeah. an important uh, part of actually collaborating rather than just saying yeah. oh yeah I'm a I'm a collaborative leader I, I, yeah. to <laughs> and I do my own yeah. thing actual collaboration is about taking people's ideas on board listening to them and implementing those ideas mm -hmm. yeah. otherwise you run a dictatorship and there's no there's no fun in that for anybody yeah. it's funny when you, when you talk to about collaboration their first thought goes to oh what software system do you use or what, what tech stuff do you use rather than actually collaboration really is about it's about having really great conversations and having dialogue isn't it and going through a process together to be able to come up with the answers to a particular solution what sort of things do you look for in a leader mark based on what you've learned around leadership and your own experiences when you're recruiting leaders what sort of behaviors or skills or mindsets do you look for i think that leadership is so complex and, and multi-layered that it's, it's it's really tricky to distill that into one word or one sentence because everybody brings different styles of leadership and 
I think that somebody that can understand different types of people around him or her and someone that can mm. understand that leadership is not one dimensional is a mm. really important starting point for me. Mm. Fundamentally, leadership is about people. And, and a leader leads people and a manager mm. manages a situation. And, mm. and two, the two intertwine and they have to happen simultaneously, but they do require different approaches. And a leader is someone that will take the team with them. It's someone that you want to follow, you want to believe mm. in, you want to work with. And I, I read something the other day that said, just a quick one line that said, a boss has a title, a leader has the people. And mm. I really like that. Really like that genuine focus on people, someone that can inspire people, get the best out of them. You can take a group of people and make them greater than the sum of their parts so they exceed expectations. I think that is a great recipe for a, for a leader. Yeah, that people focus really, that humanistic side of leadership is, is key for you then. Is that the sort of thing you look for in someone? I think it's the absolutely fundamental, most yeah. important part of it, because that's the, the bit that you can't teach. And I would like leaders in our business to try and help remove the barriers for development of those people yeah. around them, not try and create them. And when you put barriers up, you're saying to somebody, I want you to work even harder than you should do. I want you to win a 100 metre race by running 110 metres. Yeah. I actually want it to be the opposite. I want our leaders to make someone feel as though they're running 90 metres to win mm. the 100 metres race. I want them to, we will never make any promises to the people that work for us at Fuller's in terms of their development. But mm. what, what, we will, what I will always say is that I will give you the best opportunity possible to get that promotion, to be prepared mm. for that interview in the future. I can't promise I'm going to give you the job. But I will do all I can to give you the opportunities to progress and develop. It might be within Fuller's. It might mm. not. It's about progressing people, taking people along with you. We all work crazily mm. hard some days. But if you don't believe in your leader, if you don't believe in why they're doing it, you're not going to put in that discretionary effort, that extra mm. however much percent. So I, I don't look for a certain type of personality when I'm recruiting mm. leaders for our business, I look for someone that I can see has those people, that, that yeah. ability to take people with them, those people yeah. skills that are really important. The the other bits of the job can be, the detail of the job can be taught and learnt. That piece yeah. is essential. It's more about the values, their mindset and their outlook on life really is what you're saying there, isn't it, in terms of, of being people orientated. You made an interesting point there. I, I was thinking and reflecting what you said there around, it's interesting how we, we create these systems, don't we? We're driving people really hard and we give them the KPIs, don't we? And if you have a really good year, you get rewarded with tougher targets next year. So we're almost like creating this environment, aren't we? Where we're almost like trying to break people rather than saying, okay, actually, let's try and work in a more effective and efficient way rather than just efficient way. Uh, and it's quite quite an interesting sort of dilemma then, if you think about how we set up our businesses. In in the past, we, um, no names mentioned, we had, yeah. a, we had an ops manager who stayed with us for a number of years and he would aim to grow all of his businesses by two to 3%. Mm -hmm. 
every year. No, no more. Would always hold things back. Would would never try and push the businesses mm. harder than that because two percent plus two percent plus two percent was at the time deemed mm. to be mm. hugely mm. successful. Was deemed to be the right thing to do. Whereas the person that came into a business shook it up completely, changed it, really drove it, and try and growed that business by ten or fifteen percent in year one. Mm was then tasked with doing it again. again and actually, yeah. actually, after three years, you're in a better place if you've grown by 10%, yeah. then one, yeah. then one, than if you've grown by two, then two, then two. But yeah. it's very easy to fall into the trap to reward the small, mm. steady, continual growth rather than say to somebody, you have come in and done something absolutely amazing in this business. Yeah. Well done yeah. you. No one was going to take this business to that uh, yeah. level in the next five ten years and you've done it in one year so what yeah. are we going to reward you we're going to give you an even tougher target and that that's yeah. really difficult yeah. for, for those managers to to take that's a really tough pill yeah. to stop because as a business you've got to balance that with driving the business forward and and, and making sure that people understand that continual improvement is is what everyone is is looking for but how yeah, do most for somebody to see their colleagues around them growing their business by two percent every year and being patted on the back and you grow yeah. by ten percent and one and one and oh your one percent isn't as good as yeah 10%. yeah but it always right drives their own behavior doesn't it because people then hold back don't they and, and not actually deliver rather than saying let's let's see what we can do together who knows what we can do let's innovate and work effectively together Indeed. It's interesting you know, how we sort of get set in these ways of working when actually, I, I suppose what's happened now is given us a good chance to shake it up and say, actually, you know what, let's let's have a really good look at some of these habits and ways of operating. And you mentioned things like the performance management system at Santander, and it's a good, good way to shake those things up as well, isn't it, really? And thinking, do we really need that in that way? And are we over-obsessing with the way we control? And you mentioned right at the start of the interview around the importance of trusting people. Yeah, wonder rather than actually giving people targets, then okay, let's let's trust you to do what you can. Let's see where we can take it. And I wonder if if they can actually get further than they thought possible. Absolutely. And it comes back to that keyword about trust. Yeah. How would you like to be remembered as a leader, Mark? How would you like other people to describe you and what's your leadership legacy? I'd like to be remembered as someone that genuinely made a difference, had a positive impact on those around me behaved with empathy to try and understand the people around me to try and understand their motivation to adapt my own personal style to bring out the best success in them not adopt a different style because then Mm. you become disingenuous adapt your own style to those people around you and I'd like to be remembered for someone that did it with a smile on their face I want to have fun in any job any career any role I do yeah I yeah, want to do yeah. it with a smile on my face and, and have fun. Yeah, fantastic. Well, what a great legacy. I like the, the the bit about making a difference, but also being yourself as well, really. And, and uh, I think that's great. So what's next for you then? Obviously, I know the, the business is starting to open up again now. So I am back to work in a couple of weeks time in mid-July. Yeah. And I'll go back to uh, looking after our fantastic pubs and hotels. We've got some Fuller's businesses, uh, Bell and the Dragon and Cotswold businesses. And learning about this new way of working that we're about to Mm. step into will be a challenge that none of us thought was coming. But a really exciting Mm. time to find new ways to motivate ourselves, 
mm. and to inspire our teams to move forward to learn about the the new ways of working and it should be a really exciting time i think yeah, yeah. Uh, it'll be really difficult it'll yeah. be really tough there's a really tricky time coming i think where those people that have been working flat out will have to learn to work with mm. those people that have been on furlough for 14 mm. 15 weeks and those people that have been on furlough for 14 15 mm. weeks will have to try and catch up with what's been going on in everyone mm. else's life mm. and i think that will be difficult for everybody mm. but with with genuine empathy if we mm. genuinely try and listen try and understand what people have been through over the last 15 weeks rather than just go straight in not care about what's happened in the last 15 weeks right we're back at work let's move forward mm. let's listen to people genuinely listen to their experiences over the last 15 weeks that will give us the perfect bedrock for mm. the coming weeks mm. and months mm. which are going to be tricky for us in the hospitality mm. industry there's no denying that good point there about not going straight into operational straight away on day one you know, hour one day day one straight into operations it's almost like we're almost like the uh, like a warm-up stage don't we a bit like an athlete getting ready for for competition where we just get people together and physically get them together and allow them to have dialogue and discussion and share their stories and listen to them and let them offload all their emotions and then start to get them ready for for operations absolutely the the reopening of our business has to be about people it has to be about our teams and it has to be about our customers how we give them the confidence that they're operating in a safe environment the reopening of our businesses on day one is not about maximizing sales it is about confidence uh, and it's about giving our teams the confidence that we're a safe place to work and our customers the confidence that we're the right pub restaurant hotel to visit that has to be the focus so I guess it's around, yes, we've got all these new ways of working, new procedures, uh, all the policies and stuff that we have to now abide by, which we didn't do before. But fundamentally, really, it's around empathy, isn't it? Around hopes and fears and getting people feeling confident that they can deliver in the most effective way for our customers. Absolutely. I, I've always said that I think that empathy was empathy was the most important thing previously. Yeah. Now I think that is heightened. Now it is much clearer that yeah. empathy is going to be the the cornerstone for getting everybody on the same track and and we can't do this solely um this is going to be a really difficult time we can't wait forever for these businesses to pick back up um but we have to do it in the right way and in a measured and controlled way whilst understanding what it is like for those people around us whether they be others or our colleagues or our leaders the people that report to us what's been the the one thing perhaps that stands out for you from the, the last three months or so that you've been reflecting on a business and reflect on life what, what's been the big learning point for you do you think over that journey because i know you've been in contact with your teams regularly uh, you've been supporting them and obviously with the business as well but what's been the thing you learned most do you think fuller's did a really good job of closing down the businesses in a way mm. that we never thought we would have to do and the way that they did it is that the communication came from our chief exec simon emony in a controlled measured and consistent way through from simon through to the exec from the exec through to the leaders and operations from the leaders and operations through to our general managers and the general managers down to the teams that was such a brilliant way we never wanted to close the businesses obviously but it mm. was a very um 
a very good way of closing down the business. And if we can do that again in opening up the business and communicate the why, communicate the reasons why we're doing it in a certain way, why the rules have changed, I think that will be the most important lesson that, that mm -hmm. we can learn from this. I, I think everybody has talked about learning that teachers work harder than they ever realised, learning, mm. um, put, putting themselves in different people's shoes. I, I think that for me personally, it's just reiterated the importance of personal relationships within within any any company within the industry. There are stories around going around that some people haven't spoken to anyone from their team for the last 15 mm. weeks. How depressing would that be? Trying to go mm. back to work, having had no communication at all for the past 15 mm. weeks, would just be absolutely disastrous. I think it's in a work perspective, it's reiterated to me the importance of explaining the why to people. Mm. And if we yeah. can explain the why to people in the same way that we explain the why of closing down, I think that that'll set us in exceptionally good stead. Fantastic. Some great insights there, Mark. I mean, for me, if I summarise that, well, the sort of things I picked out from that were, number one, it's about people and trust. I think that's a big, big, big focus for you, isn't it? How do I build trust in, in myself as a leader, but also how do we trust others? And your starting point is to trust others, which is great. That concept around strength of diversity in your teams to, to build a team with different strengths and to focus on strengths rather than just your weaknesses. I think uh, we, it's very easy to fall into that trap. Being in the moment and being present, you mentioned that quite a few times, and about uh, you know, the best gift we can give people, isn't it, is to give them the time they deserve. You mentioned that story about the not walking into one of your hotels on the phone, but giving people the time. And and this, yeah, being aware as a leader about what you project out and, and being conscious of that, because you're on 24-7, aren't you, as a leader? People are watching you all the time. It's something easy to forget that whatever context we create often that's projected from ourselves so we have to be careful of the shadow we we actually produce and, and send out across the business and that whole importance of listening and using empathy I think you used probably empathy was probably the the word you used a lot the most I would think through the whole conversation and then obviously now you've got this whole start of your business now and that starting with why isn't it around starting with uh, this is this is why we're doing what we're doing and getting people engaged and inspired behind it and, and motivated so some great insights there from you mark thank you very much for that how do we find out more about you and, and what the business is doing what what um, what's the best way of doing that so to find out about fuller's or bell and the dragon or the cotswolds we obviously have our websites and social media mm -hmm. etc but the absolute best way to find out about what we do is to come and visit us uh, to come and stay or to come and uh, come and have a fantastic meal in one of our pubs or restaurants. Um, and if you want to find out more about me, uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I can be reached there uh, and I'd be more than happy to host people when allowed uh, in one of our fantastic uh, pubs uh, with rooms, restaurants with rooms or one of our hotels in the future. Fantastic. Well, I can vouch for those because they're actually fantastic. Having stayed with quite a few, they are amazing, amazing places. And uh, it's quite quite so I was just saying to my partner Nick, I was saying that uh, we we need a we need a bit of a break. <laughs> we need a bit of a holiday after the last few months. So I you'd think be, uh, you'd, you're be, gonna... you'd be very welcome, Graham. <laughs> Fantastic. I'll hold you to that. 
And obviously, I'll put all your details in, in the show notes so people can uh, click on the links and uh, get to see the amazing business that you're actually running. So thank you very much, Mark. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, Graham. It's been an absolute pleasure. Take care. A big thank you for listening to the Leadership Lay Bear podcast with me, Graham Wilson. For more information on our guest leader and to find out how we can support you, check out the links in the description and look out for our next Leadership podcast. Remember, leadership is all about taking action. Make sure you connect and apply the lessons learned. Have fun and bye for now.